Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Patrick Flynn of Anytime Fitness, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Pat, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm doing very well. I, I'm, as you can tell, probably I'm in the gym. We're, uh, I run the day-to-day operation here, so we're, we're in here running the gym. Yeah. A good. What better way to live a life than to run a gym, right? That's, <laughs> that's why we all got into it in the first place. Patrick, I think it's important to note just as much about, we'll dive in on the business, we'll talk strategy. I want to pick your brain on, on the how and the why and the what you do. Before we do that, I want to hear a bit about how we got here in the first place. As yeah, far sure. as starting up your anytime and getting this thing off the ground, what sparked this idea in your head? What made you think I'm going to run my own facility and make it happen? Yeah, so I, you know, always, uh, I always kind of looked up to, to business owners. It was something I always wanted to do. I, I just, you know, I didn't know if it was something that I could ever do. Um, or ever make happen, but it was definitely a goal. Um, visited an anytime fitness at 18 years old and just, I really liked the gym. It was a cool atmosphere. Um, everybody was super friendly. They had all the equipment that I thought was necessary and none of the stuff that, you know, it, it was just, it was, I liked it. It was just a cool gym. Um, you know, was started working in a gym about a year after that, uh, spent, you know, I'm, I'm 38 now, worked in gyms from 19 until now, so half my life. Uh, uh, for the year and a half, though, before we opened the gym up, I was actually working. Uh, so I was working part time in a gym as, as a trainer, um, but was working in a food line grocery store as an assistant manager uh, for a year and a half. And, uh, you know, had gotten to know the area manager through it through the gym. He was he was a member of the gym I was running and, uh, you know, brought me over to, to food line. And, and very early on, I realized that uh, grocery retail was was not for me. I was kind of thinking, you know, would I, I've got an MBA. I was thinking I could move into the corporate side of things. And uh, it just, it was, it wasn't fun for me. I mean, it, I, you know, you can only stack so many end caps and uh, it got boring real quick. Yeah. And I, I made a call. My wife, I remember the conversation was sitting at the table. She's like, Patrick, you're miserable. You know, we got to go down a different road. And there was no, there was no gym in Myrtle Beach I wanted to work for. I, you know, so it was like then, all right, we've got to, we got to do it ourselves. We got to, we got to make this. And uh, I called the franchise. I didn't even know if it was possible. I don't know if they'd call me back. And they're like, well, yeah, you know, let's let's do this and that, and we're interested. And you know, give this guy a call, and we need to reach out to Live Oak Bank. And and uh, you know, and they just we just kept moving along and along. And um, you know, until we got, I, I remember I was training a client at at the gym I was at, and got uh, a text message back from uh, our banker from Live Oak Bank, and they said, Patrick, we just got to go ahead. And I was like, holy. You know, I'll, here I'll never, we are. Time to go, right? We were deadlifting with um, with my buddy Cody, and I'm like, okay, this is so. This is happening, and uh, you know, just got into that position where um, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I got a lot of good friends from Food Line. I'm grateful for the opportunity, but it it put me in that position where 
going to work was really painful and, and I had to figure some things out. And, uh, and we, you know, we essentially, uh, it was probably a horrific financial decision, but we, we dumped our 401k into this thing, um, did what's called a, a rollover for business startups where you can use 401k money without paying the penalty and taxes. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it has made the corporation we had to set up a little bit more, uh, much murkier, but, you know, that that's something we we're able to do. We didn't have to pay the taxes, the penalties, and, and it basically got uh, the the down payment. And then we got an SBA loan, loan excuse me, through Live Oak Bank um, to to fund, you know, the facility. And uh, that was two and a half years ago. It's still pretty, uh, well, that was more than two and a half years ago, but uh, it's still pretty crazy today to, to yeah. uh, you know, we didn't, uh, I've got two kids, you know, married and you know, looking back, it was totally insane. I mean, uh, I put a lot, you know, put our and house. You opened at a weird time in the industry as well, when every single yeah. gym got shut down for a little yeah. while too. Yeah. So, you know, we were open for six months before um, before COVID hit, and uh, you know, I'm just glad I didn't know that was coming because obviously I would have been like, yeah, I'm I'm all good. No thanks. I guess we'll gut it out here at the food line. But uh, yeah, we, you know, we. Um, April, what, April 2nd was when the order came down. No, May 2nd, excuse me. Um, and uh, yeah, April, May 2nd, um, gyms got shut down in South Carolina. And I remember crying, uh, oh, somebody's calling me, um, crying in the, uh, in the uh, sorry about that, in our mop room for a second, like, wow, I'm going to lose my house. Uh, you know, we personally, we had to put a personal guarantee on the SBA loan on, on the, uh, yeah. On for the place and I'm like this is it like it's it's over um we had we had very very little attrition through covid um you know not well in comparison it, it still wasn't pretty i mean we we lost people but uh honestly sometimes i think being brand new helped us uh i think a lot of our members felt bad and we're like man we gotta like we're, we're gonna stick with this guy and uh um you know i don't know if that was it but we you know at that point i even now, I, I literally know every member by name. You know, I, I knew everybody personally. I had signed everybody up at that point, me or my wife. And, uh, you know, that I think that made a huge difference. And that's why we went with any time as I knew I could run this facility. I could run this club like that. You, you know, you can't I mean, not every model allows that. Right. How many how many members are we up to now? So uh, we're, up, you know, including um well, we're up to, we're up around 15, 1600 members. Okay. Is that capacity for you? Or are you still trying to go beyond that? Well, we're trying to knock this wall out behind me. We're, we're getting pretty, we're getting pretty full here. Um, we're getting pretty full. Like it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm in my trainer's office. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of folks out there right now. You know, it's some, um, it, it's, uh, you know, January, February, well, we're really, January is weird now. It doesn't get that busy in January anymore, uh, at least for us. With I think with COVID, it it you know people kind of sit tight that month. But February and March were were pretty crazy. I can already see spring break settling in here though, and it's it's back to back to business, back to you know normal usage at least. But uh, you know, always always want new members. We always want to bring new people in. You know, we want to continue to help people. Hope our hope is to get them with a trainer. Those are the folks that make the most progress. Um, yeah. But you know, I think we're at, at capacity. But we we're at a point we're at a point where we need this business next to us to to get going so we can take these these other yeah. couples. I think that's what's interesting about the anytime model is that 
even as you approach total membership, the business can still grow leaps and bounds with things like training, with things like nutrition coaching or, or supplements or whatever other services we can layer on. And, and for you guys, it sounds like one-on-one -on -one training is the main yep. target for that. How are you able to get people from the main membership and, and funnel them towards personal training? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing groundbreaking. We, you know, everybody, the way we package it is a coach for every member. Uh, it's what Anytime Fitness wants us to run with. Um, when folks sign up, they get a fitness consultation. If you're, you know, everybody watching this is doing that. I mean, I'm not doing anything groundbreaking, um, but we, but we actually do it. You know, um, when we're given a tour, um, basically all the tours are between me and my manager now. Um, we're talking about coaching. You know, we're talking about you're going to get a program, you're going to get a plan, you're going to meet with a coach once a month. It's part of your membership. We check body fat. We got an evil scanner right here next to me. Um, you know, and we we talk about that. And a lot of times, folks come in and they're, well, you know, I, I I've been in gym before. I know what I need to do. And then, you know, when they're we're finishing up that tour and we're signing them up for a membership, they're like, you know, that we're we've we've framed the training in a way that you know, they realize, Hey, I, I do need some help. There's a reason I wasn't successful with this before. Um, and we just, you know, we, we just follow the basics of what, yeah. I'm sorry, have anything amazing to share with you, but yeah, no, um, I think, I think that's even more helpful though. And it's, it's doing the basics over and over again Yeah, with success, right? Nobody yeah. in this industry, nobody's gotten anything new. There's nothing tremendously groundbreaking to your point. It's the people that do it well and make it valuable from the personal sense that find success building out a personal training program. Is that something that you think you could grow a little bit more given the physical constraints that you have? Yeah, I mean, we would, uh, you know, I, I'd love to have, um, I, I would, uh, I would love to see us selling more training. You know, we've, um, you know, we're, 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 you know, we're not in a bad space around 12% total PT penetration. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see that at 15 or 20. Um, yeah. We, we, we almost strictly do one-on-one. -on -one. Um, part of it is because of space requirements and issues. Like if I go and do small group out there right now, the, my 30 members walking out, working out right now are going to be irritated because our, our functional space is going to be taken over, you know? Um, so there, you know, there are still some issues with that, but even just with one-on-one -on -one training, you know, we, um, we should be, uh, you know, I hate to put it this way. We should be closing more PT deals right now than we are, um, you know, and we so get, who, who, who handles that? Is that on the yeah. trainers or is that on like a sales team? No, it's so all our trainers, um, we work with a company called KP Softworks and I think they're exclusive to Anytime fitness, but basically they, uh, they teach the personal trainers, a, uh, a specific sales process, just like we do with the tour comes in our trainers, that specific process for the fitness consultation. Um, they get a weekly call with those guys. They teach them how to handle objections. They teach them how to qualify. They teach them how to, you know, establish value and all that in the, in the training. And, uh, you know, that, so that's been a huge, huge benefit to us when we, when we signed on with them is when we really saw our, our PT program take off. Um, it also, you know, and so, uh, uh, you know, that's just, 
somewhere where uh, like we just hired a, a manager, full-time manager. And that is with the hope of me being able to, to dig in a little bit more in some of these other areas. And yeah. uh, I just need to actually let my manager manage. The That's uh, the hard part. I think yeah. we could talk all day about intricate marketing strategies, sales processes, retention strategies, whatever. But a lot of the time it's the soft skills of being an owner and a leader that really are the bottleneck, right? Being able yeah. to delegate and hand things off is just as yeah. much a challenge as putting in marketing strategies to, to get people in the doors in the first place, right? Even, you know, you can ask my sometimes because, you know, we get a walk in and I'm like, I'm nudging them out of the way. I'm like, I got this one, man. You know, and he's like, what are you paying me for? You know, and, uh, and, and not that it's that, well, it's pretty bad, but, uh, you know, with any time fitness, the other big thing they want us to do is following up with members. And that's, you know, that's where I have a huge bottleneck of I'm spending hours a day calling and texting members, um, checking in on them. You know, that, that's something we do try to get people coming in. I, that's not typical, in uh in this yeah and that's that's great but that's time consuming oh it's it, it, yeah i mean and that's where you know and that's where i am with things because we you know there's there's thought of hey do we do we open location number two and it's like i would love to do that but i i have to totally change uh i i would have to totally change how i how i operate you know and uh I almost think I just need to buy the, buy the friend, buy it and, and force myself into it. Cause I don't know if there's any other way it's going to happen. So, yeah. and that's what I have to have with my wife. I think, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think that's a, just as valuable of a conversation to have because I'm sure that there are a bunch of gym owners out there that'll, that'll find themselves in similar shoes to you. And they're never really able to get over that hump because if you have your hands in everything, the bottleneck is you. Right. Yeah. It can only grow so far because you only have 24 hours in your day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely where it works. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so moving forward, Patrick, I, obviously this whole, this whole conversation has been geared around growth and, and what we can do to go to the next level in our business, whatever that next level is. What's the vision for you with this? What's the, the big picture, the direction that you're trying to trend in? Uh, yeah, so that's uh, and and that kind of goes back to what we're just talking about, where I've been so deep in the weeds with everything. Uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to turn into a therapy session or if I'm actually going <laughs> to the confessional. But um, no, I, you know, I I have been so deep down in the weeds with it that we, you know, we haven't the the, the whole focus, you know, has just been you know, growth of, of this gym and, you know, bringing new members in and retention and, you know, working with the trainers to get you know, keep penetration where we want it to be. And, you know, for us, like significant growth would have to be outside of these four walls, you know, like um, there's, you know, the outside of expanding, even that, that's only going to bring so much potential growth. Um, you know from what we have now the the next step for us would be another location and that's you know that's one of those conversations you have to or not conversations but you, you got to figure out if that's if that's what you want you know um and that's kind of where i am is where uh, that changes that i mean that changes my day-to-day -day drastically you know even just going from one to two is probably harder than two to three you know because uh you, you i can't 
like you said, I can't be here in the weeds running the, the day-to-day operation of two different gyms. So, yeah. um, you know, that, and that's, that's kind of where we're at a little bit. We're in limbo a little bit of, do we want to go to the, to another location? Um, do we want to just sit tight? We got a good thing going here. Let's, let's milk this for all we can. Um, you know, and it is pretty cool, man, literally being able to say, Hey, you know, John, Hey, Wendy, Hey, Danielle to literally every person who comes through the door. I mean, that that's pretty cool. And, and, a manager's probably not going to do that. You know, we, our manager's awesome guy. Uh, I was terrible with names until we opened this gym up. And now I, I you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's so important to me. I make sure, I, I don't know, the day of the gym opened, all of a sudden I got really good with names and, uh, you know, and that's, it just, it would just be different. So I, uh, I don't know that I can answer that question real well right now. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that's perfect as good of an answer as you can get. And we don't know right now. We know maybe it's multiple locations. Maybe it's further fortifying the one that we have, but growth is growth and it's going to come in a number of directions. And it sounds like you're going to feel that out along the way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think with that, we're a little bit behind where we should be as far as uh you know i think we're we've grown a little bit faster than what we were maybe prepared for along the long which is you know that, that that's not necessarily a bad thing but well you good know problems to have but still problems nonetheless yeah, you know yeah it's like you know we've we've kind of outgrown this space and we're not in a position we physically can't expand yet you know so we're uh um and uh we have probably there's a a an area here in Myrtle beach that I'm very interested in as far as another location, uh, you know, and doing it a year ago probably would have been a good idea, you know, but that, that I'm came sure commercial space was cheaper at the time. Oh yeah. Well, commercial space is crazy around here. We, we got a deal here. Now I'm looking at other places and they want more than double what I pay here. And, and that, that goes into the equation too. It's like, man, that's, does that even, does this model make sense at $40 a square foot for retail space in Myrtle beach? And it, 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 you know, it doesn't make as much sense when you, when it gets up into those kind of numbers. I mean, it's, that's, that's, you know, we're talking $20,000 overhead. It is. Yeah. That's a lot of memberships to sell just to cover your rent. Yep. And, and I think always an evolving conversation. Is that something that we think we can do, but at the end of the day, we're talking ROI right? Money in versus money out and making sure that there's more coming in than going out is, is the name yeah. of the game. Yeah. Patrick, I think that's a, probably a pretty good place to start to wrap this whole thing up and, and put a bow on this episode. But before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance. I know some anytime locations have unique social media. Is there a place where people can go to learn about your club specifically? Oh yeah, just anytime fitness forced brook, uh F-O-R-E-S-T-B-R-O-O-K. Um, you know, any we have uh, you know, we're in Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach is a pretty decent size as far as like landmass, pretty big area. So uh with anytime fitness, we're we're typically looking like a little two-mile radius. You know, we don't we don't uh we're not shooting for you know, a huge radius. And so the road, the main road we're on, we are on is Forest Brook Road. And that has been, you know, uh, we probably 80% of our members might live down that road. Um, yeah. Or, you know, 80%, 90% of our members live very close by. Um, 
but so it's anytime fitness forest brook that's our our instagram and facebook uh i manage all our social media uh and there you go again me bottleneck and everything so it's uh we like it to have a um uh, like a local feel where it's you know it's not we don't you know we don't want it to be super professional um we want people to feel like oh wow that like could be me in that gym actually losing weight you know that's yeah. that's kind of go for and you see my bald head on there a decent a decent amount um would love to get my wife julia more more involved in social media but she's not big on uh on doing yeah. that so and that's yeah. a whole con we could have an entire conversation on social media and fitness but oh. we'll have to we'll have to save that for another time my man um yeah. pat this has been awesome i i really appreciate your time and, and your contribution and i think these types of conversations really really benefit the gym owner community in general to talk about these things and get it out in the open and, and know that we're all struggling with something right we all have something going on that we're trying to tackle and, and overcome so i appreciate you letting us into the insights of this anytime fitness and we'll have to check in with you down the road and see where this whole thing takes you yeah sounds good that that would be great thank you all right patrick thank you to everyone who tuned in today thank you as well don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're trying to join us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Emily from Raw Fitness Personal Training in Cornelius, North Carolina. What's up, Emily? How are you today? Hey, Bree. I'm great right now. So how are you? Awesome. Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's happy. I'm happy to be here. Good. All right. Cool. So let's just jump right into the details here. We will waste no time. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own facility? So it's a long story and it's hard to pinpoint kind of where to start. Um, but it started about six months ago. I've been owner for six, seven months at this point, and it happened very suddenly. So to make a long story short, <laughs> I was um, on my way up to a music festival in Delaware from North Carolina. I was driving up there and the owner of the gym that I was the head coach at, he called me and he said, hey, um, he basically went into a long conversation and I was like, what's up? Why is he calling me at like 7 p.m. on a Friday? And he asked me, hey, like, you know, the lease is up for the business, for the building. It's like, I want to sell the gym. Um do you, do you want to take it? And I was like, well, I'll have to think about that. <laughs> so the lease was up. And so I needed to give him a decision within like a week and a half or two weeks. So I oh went and God. I, yeah, it was crazy. And I'm, I'm 24. So, well, at the time I was 23. 
So it was a huge decision. And I was like 90% not going to take it. I was like, you know what? I do want to own my own gym at some point. I've been a personal trainer for about three years. Um, I was like, you know what? Like you, like your story. I was like, should I go all in or should I completely get out and find something else to do? Um, And I consulted with my dad. My dad actually, he knows a lot about finance and stuff. Um, And he said, you know what? This is a good chance. You should take it. If you want to own your own gym at some point, already have the clientele, already have like the brick and mortar. We already have the Facebook, like everything's all set up. So Uh I was like, but I guess I'll do it. So I took that chance and it's now we're here. So (laughs) it's crazy. Wow. Yes, that is crazy. Well, I mean, congratulations to you. That's huge, especially, you know, at such a young age, taking a a chance like that and just making it happen. So good for you. That's awesome. Uh, So now what does your business model look like? How are you structuring things within the business? Are we doing only personal training? Are we doing semi-privates, group classes? How does that all work? So right now we're trying to kind of figure out what works best. So for 10 years, the model, and I was head coach for about three to four months before I became owner. So I kind of knew what was up and what's going on. Um, So the previous model was mostly, it was like pretty much half and half group training. So we do group classes um, and I can go into the details on what that entails, but half and half group classes and then half um, semi-private personal training. And then, so semi-private just meaning one or more, one to three people at once in the facility that's training with us. Um, So I kind of wanted to expand on that because I know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, and I was like, you know what, let's try some other models and see like what works. So we're continuing with the group classes, continuing semi-private. But what we're also adding is small group personal training. So that's going to be so previously semi-private is like one to three people. They don't really know mm-hmm. each other part of a group. Um, small group personal training would be personal training of like two to four to five, like friends, family members, like they know each other, they're in a group. Mm-hmm. So that's adding. We're also adding um, personal training packages. So little pack- packs of sessions instead of just having the membership options. Cause some people, they don't know if they want to commit after like a month, a week or something. So I was like, you know what, let me add in some options for people. They can do like six sessions, see if they like it. Um, Cause I've, I don't really describe myself as a pusher. I probably should be a pusher when it comes to business and selling. I'm like the worst salesman ever. <laughs> Cause I'm like, <laughs> If you don't want to do it, it's okay. Um, but I need to learn how to like be more out there. Um, but my whole thing is just being very flexible with clients and kind of putting things together. If some, some want like some group classes, some personal training. So just kind of being very flexible with the clients, I would say is what we're going for at the moment. Okay. Um, that's funny that you say you know, you, you're not really a salesperson and like, it's not very comfortable for you. Right. So that's something that, first of all, you're not alone there because I hear that all the time from gym owners and personal trainers, you know, we don't like to think of it as sales, but at the end of the day, you know, it is a business. So, uh, it, it is a huge part of it. And initially when I was in the facility, I was not very comfortable with sales either, but then I became obsessed with it. And it was like, so cool to me because of like the psychology behind it. And, you know, at the end of it, it's, you're 
changing somebody's life. You know, you're really yeah. helping somebody get to the next level, whatever that level may be for them. Um, so once you kind of get past like the uncomfortable part of it, it becomes really fun, you know, and it's like a challenge every, every week, every month to hit new numbers and, you know, uh, help more people. That's really what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, I, I completely understand where you're coming from there though, because especially mm -hmm. in the beginning, it's like, you know, you just want everybody to be happy and it's like, okay, like if you don't want to do it, that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to, to handle at the beginning, but, um, all right, so kind of uh, a few different offerings there as far as um, different avenues that clients can take within the facility. So mm -hmm. are there any other services that you're offering as well for one, a higher level of service for the clients and then um, another stream of revenue for the business? You know, whether that be fitness, uh, fitness, of course, fitness, nutrition, <laughs> accountability, supplementation, retail, anything like that. Yeah, so we're starting our retail a little bit. There was the old owner left a bunch of um, like merch. So I'm trying to like get into that and do some retail. And I've been contacting companies to see if they want to, um, we're going to start like this shelf of products that they can buy. Mm -hmm. So that's something we're looking into. Um, but then in terms of like actual services, we're also doing nutrition coaching starting. That's very new. Um, I'm, I'm actually in the process of finishing my certification through NASM, the nutrition coaching cert. cert. So that's really exciting. Um, and I actually worked at, you probably know Fit Body Bootcamp. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I worked at Fit Body Bootcamp and there I got a little bit of experience and um, kind of their model of nutrition coaching. So I might like take ideas from that, usually just work on macros pretty much with people. So nutrition coaching is one thing. Um, I think we're going to offer to our highest memberships, the gold membership or the uh, platinum membership. We're going to do free nutrition coaching. And then for any other members, maybe some gym access people or, um, people who are just doing the group classes, you can like pay for it. So I think that's going to be what we're going to do, but I have to map it out, but I'm really excited. Yeah. Okay. I like all that I'm starting off with. So they're my little guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. So now, um, as far as the marketing piece, I can't talk the marketing piece goes and getting the word out there about what it is that you're doing and getting new members in the door. What are you doing for marketing? So I kind of, I had to figure that out because I've never done marketing ever, like in my life, <laughs> like yeah. even at the jobs I worked at, yeah, like other people did that. I was kind of, you know, in the background, not really doing that stuff. Um, so that's something that I'm currently learning, but right now we're doing like Facebook boosting posts. Um, we have like Google SEO. We have people on that for um, search engine optimization, trying to get us to the front page. But then one big thing that I kind of, I overlooked in the beginning, but now I'm really trying to push is um, just appealing to new members, um, not new members, new newcomers to the area, pretty much. So mm -hmm. people who buy a home, they always, one of the first things they do is look for a gym, you know? Yeah. So mm -hmm. the thing is a lot of them, they'll go to Planet Fitness or like LA Fitness or like, you know, those kinds of um, commercial gyms and our, my gyms kind of a small business we have one location so we kind of have to figure out how to 
separate ourselves from that bunch of, you know, other gyms. So that's what we're right. trying to do, focus on finding our niche and appealing to the newcomers to the area. So, yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely uh, on the right track there because it's so important to get really specific about who it is that you're talking to, you know, who it is that you want in your gym. And that makes the marketing and advertising piece so much easier because if you can like really get it down to defining a specific avatar, then when you're posting on social media, when you're running your ads, you can speak directly to that person. And yeah, it's going to exclude other people, but that's okay. You know, because your gym isn't for everyone. And that's okay, you know, because we want to make sure that we're serving exactly who it is that we want in our gym. And when you try to serve everyone, you end up serving no one. So that's a a great idea there to really get specific about who it is that you are trying to attract into the facility. So good. That's awesome. Um, So now when you are running Facebook posts or boosting posts on Facebook or um, posting on social media or running ads, what is it that is grabbing people's attention? Like what kind of offers are you running? What's making people want to walk in the door? I think our, so whenever someone sees free, that's like the huge buzzword is free, but also as Mm -hmm. gym owners, want to stay away from that as well, because that attracts some people who they just want to get a workout in for that day or something. And they'll just take advantage of it and not even think about you twice again, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think using that word, but then kind of hooking them with other things is a, is a big one. So that's the grabber. It's like, okay, free session. But then also if you sign up that day, you get like 10% off your first month or like something like that. So Mm -hmm. that's thing that I found that word free is the biggest thing that draws people in. Um, of course, like I can, I can relate to, you know, I love free stuff. Um, yes. that's a, that's a big one. And then I think just like trials, like month long trials, we did a 28 days for $28. Um, that brought a bunch of people in, I think it was like 10 people on that trial last month. So mm-hmm. yeah, good. Okay. And did a lot of those convert into memberships on the back end? So I would say, and let me think about that. I have like um, data on that. I would say about half the people. Okay. Yeah. It was looking yeah. about half. Five. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, because like you said, you know, when um, you have like a lower front end offer, whether that be like a free class or something, a lot of times people just come in and they're not very serious, right? That's like, they're not really looking for something long-term or so if you're getting about 50% of those to convert into longer term memberships, then that's really good. Um, and where are you looking to grow the membership too. I don't even think I asked you how many members you currently have. So how many members do you currently have and, and where are you looking to take it? How many members would you like to have ideally? Yeah. So that depends on um, what type of membership, but I would say we have about 25 people on the 12 month memberships, whether it be personal training or group classes, and then about 15 more people they're on trials or they purchased a pack of sessions, um, or they're on like a three month, six month agreement. So about like 30 to 40 people right now, depending on what metric you're looking at. Um, but I, 
I want to expand to like a hundred, a hundred would be amazing, but yeah, yes. that's <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And my next question was going to be based around membership structure. So you're offering a three month, a six month and a 12 month. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So, I like that you have the commitment there. Oh yeah, for sure. That's, that's honestly the old owner kind of, he, he helps me along my journey of like learning stuff, which I'm still learning. Um, but he's, he's a master trainer. So he trains trainers too, which is great for me. Okay. Um, so he, he helped me along, but he basically was telling me all about it. He was like, you know, those session packs are great and those trials are great, but you really need to get people on these memberships, at least six month agreements, just to have a good business model and have a sustainable model, you know? And I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm seeing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, because there are so many facilities that I talk to that are on month to month agreements. Mm -hmm. And I was never a fan of them for many reasons. I mean, one of them being, we know that people aren't going to see the results that they're typically looking for within a month. And yeah. then two, just from a business standpoint, when you're looking at your monthly revenue, it gets really hard to determine how much you can rely on, on a monthly basis coming in for you. So, yeah. you know, if you don't have agreements in place, it's really kind of up in the air as far as how much money you can expect to, to be coming in on a monthly basis. So it makes things a little bit challenging, especially as far as growth goes, you know, it's like, you want to build that solid foundation that you have that you can rely on, on a monthly basis to, I mean, at least cover your overhead and keep your doors open. Yeah. So that's um, a, a really good point there. And I'm really glad that you do have those, those longer term memberships in place. That's For good. sure. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So now what are your what are your goals? What are your main focuses for 2022? Where are you directing most of your attention within the business for this year? So number one is automating marketing. That's one big one. Mm -hmm. So I know you can schedule marketing posts for Facebook and Instagram. So I think that's one thing I want to focus on number one, but then that leads into number two to, by automating all of those things, I can focus more on, um, being more present with my clients instead of, I mean, I love the business side, but being more present with the clients and focusing on the clients because ultimately like that's what we're here for. So mm -hmm. that's kind of, you know, being present with them and having meetings with them, checking in all the time. Um, that's something that I'm not the best at right now. So that's something I need to really hone in on for 2022. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's really hard to balance both sides of things, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like you get into the business because you love training, you love helping people, you know, that's what you're passionate about. But then it's like the business side of things is just there, you know, it's like you have to do those things. So being able to balance those two things can be challenging at times and it requires you to wear a lot of hats. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I learned that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Very quickly. Right. <laughs> Same. I'm like, what, I'm like, what's QuickBooks? What is all this? Like, I need an accountant. Like what's going on? So yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And are you, what is your day look like? Are you typically in the gym from like 6am to 9pm? Like what is that? What does your day look like? Yeah. Some days, some days, I think that's one day a week. I do that. So 6am to like 8pm, I'll just be here. Um, I mean like not half, maybe a third of that time is just kind of sitting around and chilling and like working out on my own. Um, but like two thirds of that, like a typical day would be like calling leads is a big one. Um, that takes up like 30 to an hour of my day and then just training clients, obviously. So group classes, personal training, um, that's a big one too. So, and then also just like organizing, <laughs> I'm not good yeah. at organizing in the first place. So the fact that I'm not good at it, but I have to do it, it takes a while for me. So my mom, actually, she's probably going to listen to this. She, um, she's been helping me organize my emails because <laughs> I had, you're, you're going to judge me for this, but I had like 2000 emails, not unopened, but I didn't, I hadn't had them archived or anything. I was, I just told her, I was like, just search up whatever emails I need. She's like, no, you can't do that. So no. that's a, <laughs> yeah, I I'm learning. <laughs> I get it. No, I know. I'm the same way with my email. It's bad. You know, sometimes it gets a little out of control, but it's so hard to keep up with it because there's just so much spam that comes in all the time and junk mail. And yeah, it's like, it's like a whole project to organize your email. So I, I understand that for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so one thing that you said there was calling leads. So what does that process look like for you? So most companies have no systems in place for lead nurture, right? So these people are raising their hands and they're saying, Hey, I'm interested in what you have going on. Most companies do nothing with those leads. So mm -hmm. what is your process look like for that? Like, are you, how many times are you reaching out to them? Are you getting them to come in and take a class or do a trial or how does that all work? Yeah. So whenever we get a lead, it's usually through the website. So our website, we have a little form. So they usually fill that out. Um, or they'll just like do a cold call to the gym. So that's one big way we, um, do it as well. So what happens is we get their name and their phone number when we get that in there mm -hmm. in my email and then I'll call them usually they don't pick up <laughs> usually because that's like everyone now it's like they don't want to scam so um I try to be like I try to put on my customer service voice um whenever I leave a message but I kind of just I explain to them like hey you know this is Emily from raw fitness um I saw that you were interested if you still are I'll say like whatever trial we're running that at that time. And I also say like, Hey, we give you a free personal training session, free group class just to get them in the door. And then once they see mm -hmm. me, they see the gym, it's like, I think, I think I'm great. So once they see me and meet me, it's like, there you go, like locked in. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of how it works. I just try to get them in the door, like as right. fast as possible. Um, and then if they don't, respond to that within a week. I try to follow up sometimes like I'm, I'm a forgetful person. So sometimes it doesn't end up happening, but maybe about half the time I'll follow up again, say, Hey, are you still interested? Um, so it's, it's not an organized process right now, but I'm definitely calling like every single lead within three days, usually that I get it. Okay. All right. So, I mean, you have some type of system in place then there, so that's good. That's a start, right? Yeah. Um, and then have you ever double dialed people? Like if they don't answer the first time, you just call them back right away. 
I haven't, but I probably should because that kind of does that tell them that it's not spam? It's like, oh, this yeah. is a real. Oh, that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, because people are more likely to answer that second time just because it's like, oh, this must be important, you know, because if you call them, call them once they don't answer and then you call them right away again it's like kind of like raises like a little flag and people are like oh I should probably answer this wow that's and a good they're more likely <laughs> yeah they're more likely to answer so definitely do that that will help okay all right cool so now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing going their own way opening their own facility what would that be what's one of the biggest things you've learned thus far the one big thing um I guess I talked about organization a little bit I think just like organize everything, save everything, have a place for everything. Cause I've been losing a lot of things and it's been, it's been bad. So that's one big thing, have a place for everything. And like, even if something seems unimportant at the moment, just file it away, have a place for it. It's like, unless you have like a 200 square foot place, it's like, you gotta have a place for, you know, papers and things. Um, mm -hmm. And like things to like make folders for your emails, um, just stay organized and just stay on top of everything. Cause that once you, I realize some weeks I won't be organized. I won't file things away. Some weeks, like I neglect calling leads and things. Then the next week it'll be like piled up on top. And then I just get stressed out. And then I just hate what I'm doing, you know? Right. So yeah. To, yeah. It's kind of like, you have to like stay on top of it or else you'll hate yourself the next day, the next week. Um, so just being organized pretty much. I would say that's my yes. biggest. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely helpful. Yeah, you're right. You know, once you get behind, it's like you hate doing it and then you just keep putting it off even more and even more. And then it just stacks up even higher. And then, yeah, it becomes like a really a negative kind of association to the tasks that you have to do. Whereas if you just keep up with it on a daily basis, it's not so bad. So that's definitely a, a good piece of advice there. All right, yeah. perfect. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So basically everywhere, our name is Raw Fitness NC. Um, that's on Instagram, that's on Facebook. So Raw Fitness NC. Um, you could also find us under Raw Fitness Lake Norman. So that's another name that I think we use a couple on a couple websites. So yeah, so Raw Fitness NC or Raw Fitness Lake Norman. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Awesome. So Emily from Raw Fitness Personal Training in Cornelius, North Carolina. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bree. That was awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. 
To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of TFC Barbell Club in Charlotte, North Carolina, Jess James. How are you doing today? All right, man. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. I'm excited. Let's dive into it. What's TFC Barbell Club all about? So we're a powerlifting-based gym club, if you will, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and we're really all about a uh, more inclusive environment, if you will. But our niche are powerlifters, Olympic weightlifters, general fitness. I even have a couple of CrossFitters in there. Um, so just offering a strength and conditioning environment uh, for those individuals that want to get out of the big box gyms. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So we're going to go dive into that a little bit deeper, but give us a little bit of background, how you got into it, um, how this whole concept got started. You had coaching and then you're brick and mortar. So give us that history and what led us here. Yeah, absolutely. So I started powerlifting when I was about 14 years old, all through high school, um, played a little bit of rugby, basketball, track and field, shot put discus, all that stuff. So I always knew that fitness was going to be a number one thing in my life always. Um, in 2017, I articled a business called the Fit That Coach, which was really geared towards um, uh, mobile personal training, if you will. So going to people, living rooms, uh, backyards, parks, um, primarily women and helping individuals put on weight, take off weight, uh, gain a little bit of muscle here, get stronger there. Um, and then that quickly transformed into virtual online training, which as you know, is a really big niche these days. Um, and so I did that for a while. And in late 2019, I got the opportunity to actually have a physical space. I had a friend that leases a building and he was subleasing space out of that building. Um, I got that put in front of me and I decided to just kind of step out on faith and take that opportunity. And I opened um, my actual physical gym called TFC Barbell Club um, in 2020. March 7th was my grand opening. And your grand opening happened about two weeks before COVID shut down. Exactly two weeks. We closed March 23rd. So you had your grand opening probably had some people ready to rock and roll signed up right away. Um, because of your, and we'll get more into the details of you being a limited access club. Were you, were you shut down right from the get go? Were you able to work around that at all? No, we were shut down right from the get go. The minute that the city said, Hey, all fitness centers of any type, indoor, outdoor, you got need, you need to close. And so we followed that suit. We remained closed for months um, which was, you know, a little bit devastating considering you just, you took this huge undertaking to open up this space, um, which as you know, Dominic is, is, you know, that can be life or death sometimes if we're being honest. Um, but yeah, so we remained closed for, for months just following the mandate. Yeah. And you know, we, it's one of these things and we, we encourage people in so, so many instances, if you have the passion, if you have the work ethic, you know, 99% of people say, just do it, just do it now, just take the leap. Fortunately, in your case, you do have 
uh, another career, you, no, we, won't, we don't need to call it a fallback, but you weren't depending on this for your entire livelihood. It was just a huge investment that you weren't going to be able to see any, any revenue coming in for everything you put out. But at least in that way, you had a little bit of a buffer so you didn't have to sleep in the gym. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is probably the number one recommendation that I have for anyone that is entering entrepreneurship. Don't quit your day job until you're 100% confident that it can support you. Yeah, the uh, I like to tell people it's get to a point where your where your job is getting in the way of your career. Mm -hmm. And then when it starts really when it's getting in the way, when you look at it like this is the then it's probably time to do it. But try, try to have yourself some sort of safety net. That doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect. You can't be a 10 out of 10, but you, you got to make sure that there's something there because, you know, it's entrepreneurship is tough. And, you know, there's a lot of people that take the leap. And I'm glad that, you know, we have the opportunities we do in this country. But yeah, yeah try to try to try to be a little bit safe with it. I, I agree with you there. Um, so you get opened and you have a really unique concept from a, um, a logistical standpoint. The gym is just under 2000 or 1800 square feet. Um, it's, it's set up for, you know, our listeners are our fitness people. So they understand it's set up and it looks like a place where you'd go and lift. We have multiple power racks, benches, a little bit of uh, turf for sleds, some, um, a little bit of selectorized equipment, some stuff like that. But I mean, it, it's it's built out so that there's space in between the equipment. Uh, so it's not super cramped. And you had this idea that you were going to limit um, by space, equipment, um, just bodies, what, all these things, uh, how many people could be in your gym at once. So you're doing um, either key fob or keypad limited access. Uh, give me a little bit about what your plans were and, and how you came up with the numbers and the layout and everything for what you were going to allow. Yeah, sure. So with us being 1,800 square feet, one thing I knew for sure is that I didn't want to cram people in there. The whole point of me, not well, one of the main components of me opening up my own facility was that I hated going to my big box gym at five, six o'clock at night. There's a million people in there. You're waiting on equipment. Stuff is broken. And it's just, it's, it's just too much, too much for the average person. And I hate that. And so I wanted to be able to offer a component where when you go to a gym, you feel like it's your own personal space to a certain degree. Um, so I knew that no matter what, I was always going to have a very small uh, membership footprint to prevent crowding. Um, I always knew that. But when COVID hit and when we opened back up, um, I took the precautions of making sure that um, we limited the amount of people um, due to the pandemic and everything that was going on. So that was kind of a reactive uh, to the pandemic. But then when the pandemic, and we're still going through it, but when it kind of calmed down in some respects, um, I decided to keep it because I was, I noticed that individuals, members, you know, sometimes there would be two or three members in the gym for an entire hour or two. And they really felt like it was their own personal space. And I realized that I loved it and people loved it, um, being able to have your own private session or even your own, or even a semi-private session. Um, how often can you say you go to an actual contracted gym and you're by yourself? Um, that's not said often. And so um, I liked it and I decided to keep it and I turned it into my business model. Awesome. So from, from that business model standpoint, in order for this to, 
um, to make sense financially, you you did not set out to make this gym ten or twenty dollars a month. You're a premium membership gym, probably closer to what some people might think of, like uh, you know, almost what they might pay for group fitness or a boot camp or or something with a little bit of coaching. Not not necessarily like wild high end coaching, but you position yourself as as a boutique, more high end space. So how much of that factored in towards, all right, you know what your overhead is, you know how many people you, you know, your operational capacity, how much like, you know, spreadsheet and pen and paper math went into figuring out, hey, this is, this is what I need to charge for it to make sense to have this amazing facility, but also not have to, you know, come out of my pocket to pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, to your point, that took maybe it took me maybe a full year to get comfortable with my pricing structure. When I opened, I was charging $30, $50 a month, depending on um, what you were looking for, the hours that you were looking for. And I didn't start as a 24 seven club. I was charging like $30 a month. And um, I eventually got to a point where I was kind of like, I can do better. I can do better. What does better look like? Um, you go back to the drawing board and I kind of went through this overall of, you know, I need to, I need to, to create that premium high quality environment. And in order to do that, I need to get more premium high quality equipment in here. Um, and you know, when you're just opening, you're try, trying to scramble, get everything that you can for grand opening day. Um, and probably, probably three or four months after we opened, after we reopened from the pandemic, um, I gutted the place. I got rid of all of my Titan stuff. I replaced it with Rogue. Um, I got more selectorized equipment, as you mentioned. I just went, I went heavy on Rogue and Hammer Strength and Arsenal, um, added the turf, and uh, was really honing down on that on that private session or semi-private session. Um, and I knew that in order to charge a high dollar, you have to be able to back it up. So I did the 24/7. I invested in the access control, um, and I was really able to to kind of to kind of put my money where my mouth was. And make that commitment to overchange the gym uh, to a to a higher standard, and it and it worked out for me. Awesome. And I will I will say this, Dominic. I think this is important to say. Um, when I changed my pricing structure, I sent a mass email to all my members, and I said, "Hey, we're going up on prices. We went up like 40, 50 bucks. It was an increase." I said, "We're going up on prices. Um, I'm not grandfathering anybody." Um, if you want to stay, I'd love to have you. If you want to go, I completely understand because I wanted to set that standard. Um, and I probably, I had a mass exodus, if I'm being honest, 15 to 20 people left. Um, but it didn't scare me and it didn't bother me because I knew that I would make that back um, with the with the, with the the high quality standard that I was going for. Yeah. And I like the way that you did it. And also, you know, I, it, it sucks to hear that you lost people, but there's a couple of lessons in that that we see play out in, in this over and over is one, you demonstrated extra value first, right? You went in and upgraded everything before you sent out the price increase. Mm -hmm. So here, this is what I did. And some people might've been like, well, we were just fine with what you had before, but all right, cool. So, but you, you invested, whether it's, you know, for different businesses, adding coaching, adding hours, you added 24 seven access, you added convenience, you added, you know, more, you know, high-end equipment. So you're like, here, this is what I did. And now this is the, the price that it's going to be to be, you know, to do this. 
in, in most cases, what we see happens with gyms is everybody's afraid to raise their prices. And I mean, it could be five or $10 a month. People are afraid to do it. So they think everybody's going to leave. Mm -hmm. The truth is usually some people will leave, but in general, the increased revenue will mean you're either going to make the same or more money and have less wear and tear in your equipment. And then all your new people will start to fill in at the right price. So it's one of those band-aids that's better to rip off sooner than later. Uh, but you know, it sounds like you've come out on the right end and, uh, you know, haven't, haven't backed up from it. It seems like it's been the right choice for you. Absolutely. I wouldn't take it back at all. Fantastic. So really your other, so you've got two main revenue streams in the gym. You have your regular, your membership people come in, um, their access controlled when then they, when they can come in. And then you do have basically, um, like third party personal training, right? You have trainers who can reach out to you. They can negotiate, you know, a monthly fee and then provide it again. They can fit their clients within the hours that you have access controlled. That's another revenue stream for you. And, and you're basically hands off at that point, other than, you know, collecting their rent or their trainer fee. Yeah, all of that is automatic draft, so I don't even really have to do too much with that either. Uh, but yes, you are correct. Two, two revenue streams, if you will. And then is there anything else that um, you're looking at or interested in, whether that be we see gyms, especially access gyms, will have, we'll have vending machines or we'll have online coaching programs or, or other things that don't require somebody to be there in person but to add more value to clients and also add revenue, any of those things on your radar at any point? Um, perhaps I, I do still offer online virtual training right now. Um, okay. Fortunately I'm at capacity, so I'm not accepting anyone. Um, we do have a vending machine in the facility. Um, I think if anything, the main goal, and we'll probably get into this later, Dom Dominic is um, just being able to, to, to open that space a bit and add even more specialized and even more selectorized equipment um, and adding maybe some Olympic lifting um, as well um, to kind of broaden that horizon, if you will. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. I'm not looking to get too crazy. I'm not looking to get too fancy. I'll never do group classes. Um, it's not my thing. That's the That seems to be the way of fitness these days. I know that's a high dollar attached to that. And that's great for those populations, um, but it's never been my thing. And, and I feel like um, I would love to be able to keep those people in mind of the individuals that, you know, hey, I don't wanna do group classes. I don't wanna do this. I wanna get in, I wanna stay in my corner. I wanna have my headphones on and I wanna leave. Um, and so I'm really catering to those individuals uh, because I'm like that. So, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay, okay. So one of the things before we jump into that, um, that I want to talk about is um, the logistics of how you've, you've set this up. So um, you have controlled access. Uh, not only do clients, do they have a key fob or an app or something like that to get in and out? Um, it's a four-digit PIN code that they give me and I program. Okay. And so in order to come to the gym, once you have your membership, right, if I'm a member, I get my code but also I need to reserve a time. So if I want to go and work out for two hours, I have to look on your app or your schedule and find a two hour block where that's available and reserve it. 
And then in that case, if, if I don't have it reserved, if I go to the gym and try to put in my code, will it just not work? Is it that, that tightly controlled or is it a little bit of an honor system based on the reservations? It's an honor system based on a reservation. So I haven't, I've, I've considered this, I've considered um, locking people out if they haven't reserved that space. Um, and I have a bit of heartburn with that because you have some people that are honorable and you have some people that are not. So for instance, Say you have someone sign up for a time block and they don't show up and they don't cancel. Um, and you have someone that's trying to get into the gym because nine times out of 10, there might be space. I would hate to have, you know, an empty gym or three to four people in the gym and I have someone outside that's trying to get in and they can actually fit because the other person didn't show. Um, from a customer service standpoint, that's just not, that's not something that um, I want to get into. If anything, I just want to be able to coach and remind my members hey guys if you're not showing up to your appointment just cancel it and it's just that that repetitive reminder 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 because i don't i don't want to get to a point where i'm charging people for not coming or locking people out you know um i, I don't want to get i don't want to get that controlled um but to your other components uh yes you sign up for a membership you get a confirmation email it tells you the instructions on what you need to do to download your app to reserve your spot. Um, your four digit pin code is active within five to 10 minutes of you signing up. Um, and you just let yourself in once you have your reservation. Awesome, and, and one thing to, to piggyback on to what you're saying about how nitpicky you do or don't wanna be about clients and reservations. Um, one of the things that you have up in your gym is basically, it's a little bit of a list, but it basically we're not a fan of rules, but we have a few suggestions so that that really falls right in those same lines of like, hey, if we can all if we can all play nice together, if we can all put our toys back, and we can all be respectful of the place in each other. We're going to get along just fine. If not, we're going to have a talk. Basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Got it. OK. All right. So. You started to go in a little bit about um, your desire to either expand the space you're in have another location, um, you know, you've got this place beautifully equipped and laid out, but, um, you know, like a lot of us, you, you're, you're a dreamer in the industry, you wanna have more stuff, equipment, uh, be able to serve more people, make a bigger impact. So at what point did you realize or start thinking that that may be a necessity and, and what does it look like to you? What are the, the possibilities there? Oh, yeah. So I, I knew it from day one, to be honest, Dominic. The minute that I signed the lease, I knew that probably within three to five years, um, I would I would get into a bigger spot. And one of the reasons why is because, um, which a lot of people don't know, is that um, if, you, if you're not a member, if you haven't been there, you don't know this. We're a 12,000 square foot facility, um, and there are four businesses within this warehouse. And um, we share a lobby, we share bathrooms. I mean, it's a, it's a great community feel, I love it. But as you mentioned, I'm a dreamer and the dreamer is to be a standalone facility with you know our own bathrooms, our own showers, our own parking lot, no neighbors, if you will, um, to wear something that's truly mine and mine alone. And, um, and to your point, to be able to have a bigger square foot footprint uh, have better equipment, impact the community more, kind of everything that you just said to a T. And so I knew that day one, the minute that I signed the lease, I knew um, that even if 
this might be forever. I would have a secondary forever as well. And, um, and some ideas that I'm playing with is, is, you know, I either want to have a second location in its entirety. So, you know, location one, location two, or I want to have, um, a secondary location that's just for members and then keep my current location as a personal training hub. So if you're a trainer, if you have clients, you guys will use this facility exclusively. Members will not be allowed to come here. Um, members can only access this other location. So I'm playing around with some ideas, but I am looking um, within the market now. Yeah. Our, our um, real estate availability location um, things like that, a bigger factor for you where it's a matter of I'm going to find a place that speaks to me. And then if it's two, it's two. If it's if it's one, you know, is it more a matter of finding the right location and building it out that way? Or is it still uh, dependent on if you decide, hey, I want to want to take all this stuff, and move it to a bigger facility and only have one thing to to think about like what are the factors in that for you? Um, I would say location and size is the number one consideration point for sure. If it's big enough, if 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 I could have an 8,000 square foot facility, I can build a personal training hub within it, you know? Um, so that's not that's not a huge deal to me. Um, but say maybe I only go four or five thousand square feet, I'm not gonna wanna take um I'm not going to want to take square footage away from my members to tend to that component. Um, so it really depends on size, I would say. Location matters, where we are in Charlotte, um, the, the amenities of the building, which is basically, do we have showers, do we not? And, and those aren't deal breakers. Um, the parking is a huge deal breaker, so that also matters as well. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would say location. I'm not in a rush, Dominic. If it takes me a year or two to find it, I'll take my time um, because I want it to be intentional and I want it to be right and I want it to speak to me. Um, so we'll see what happens. You spend a lot of time driving through industrial complexes, looking at buildings, All getting on, on LoopNet, trying to see what's what's out there. On, exactly. On I'm always on LoopNet. I can't, I can't drive around the corner without... Yeah, all the time. So it, it seems like when it when it feels like it's right, it's it's got to be right, and you'll figure it out from there one way or the other. But uh, it it sounds like it'll happen on a long enough timeline. Something's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and where. Absolutely. So if, or I shouldn't say if, when, you know, if you go into a bigger spot or an additional spot or however it looks. At that point, do you still think you're going to be primarily hands-off, access-only? Um, is there any plan or desire for you at any point to, you know, be the type of gym that has, you know, a, a desk staff or a salesperson or or for you to ever transition to be a, a full-time, you know, gym owner and that be your only career? Um. So yes, yes and no, maybe primarily no's on those questions. I get bored really quickly and really easily. Mm -hmm. And um, outside of just training myself, if I was in my gym nine to five, just doing stuff, I'd run myself crazy. 
Um, so I really don't have any intention on quitting my, my day job, my career, because I like what I do. I love what I do. It doesn't get in the way. Get in the way. Um, it affords me opportunities to do a lot with my gym and outside of my gym as well. Um, and I like it. Um, but I will say, as it relates to a desk and staff, I, I, I don't want employees. I don't want employees. I don't want the tax implications. I don't want the headaches. I don't want the burdens. I would set it up very similar to the one that I have now. Um, if anything, just make sure I have a, a dedicated cleaning staff and service that can let themselves in and out. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't see myself going the route of, of a desk and receptionist and this employee and that employee, which is one of the main reasons why my independent trainers are not my employees. You know, though they, they have their own businesses or do their own things. Cause I just don't, I don't, I don't want to deal with all of that for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> well, I guess technically, you know, your, your other career, you are dealing with employees all the time, all the time. So there's, <laughs> there's an aspect of that where you can see that it is a nice mental break. And, and even for people who are thinking about going into the gym business or being in a different execution, um, you know, you can have everything else laid out. You can love everything else. Human beings are a wild card and they're a big decision maker for a lot of people when it comes to, do I want to run like a, an anytime or a snap fitness, or do I want to run a, a CrossFit or a personal training studio with employees or whatever? A lot of it is just people, they don't want to deal with employees they don't think that they have or want to acquire the skill set of finding, hiring, training, developing, managing people. And it's really like no one can tell you it's right or wrong. That's a personal preference that it's real good to have figured out before you jump into it, though, because it's, you know, humans don't fit in any particular boxes. As as you know, I'm sure with your career in, in human resources, it's it's just, you know, it's a roll of the dice every single day. So you're either built for that or you got to run away from it. Because if you're half in or half out, oof, you could be in a world of trouble on that side. Perfectly said, perfectly said. Now, um, so, you know, you have your layout, you have your, your design, um, the execution, everything, kind of this proof of concept in the facility you have now. We know that there's probably not ever going to be a push to have employees. So when you do expand, is it really going to look to you um, like just having being able to accommodate more people, more types of training, but sticking with this same limited access controlled model? Or is there anything that you think you might switch up or try experiment with as you, you know, eventually move into a bigger facility? experiment with I've thought about you know the juice bars and um sounds like employee yeah I know I thought about that too Dom. I thought about the juice bars and the selling of apparel and getting big into that um I don't know if it's something that I'll run with but I do think about those things um but essentially at the end of the day knowing me probably not um I do want to be able to offer um a more uh, specialized uh, niche of equipment, if you will, which is kind of like right now, I don't have any type of um, intentionalized Olympic 
weightlifting equipment. Um, so I would love to be able to offer that um, as a as a as a you know equipment based you know getting the bars and the platforms and the plates that are geared towards that keeping the powerlifting as well. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I've thought about, I mean, I get a lot of powerlifters in there too, because they like, they like the quietness sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, it's either dead quiet or heavy metal with powerlifters. Yeah. It? Right. It's like, there's no in between. And so I played around with offering those individuals a, a, a little corner as well. I don't really know. I'm not really sure if that's something that I'll get into. Um, but, but powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting, um, are, are for sure. And then making sure that I also had the selectorized equipment, um, that maybe bodybuilders would also be fancy of as well. Um, so more, you know, more cables, well, no, less cables, more plate loaded. Um, not really a big fan of cables, but uh, plate loaded equipment, um, more racks, just racks and racks and platforms and platforms um, and plates and plates and plates. So really getting into there, um, keeping the turf, you know, sleds, maybe even playing around with strongman perhaps. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm a general fitness type of person. Um, I really do like the populations that are training towards something. You're an athlete, you have this meet coming up, you have that competition coming up. Um, and I want to be able to help propel those athletes and move them forward from a training perspective. Um, so I don't know if there's anything new that I would get into just as it relates to the different type of sports. I'm going to run one more thing by you just because you you seem like you're an open-minded person. And as we get to know each other, the, the only other thing that kind of stands out to me is you have this sort of rent or, or fee model with trainers. Now, if you had a bigger space, would you entertain, um, you know, other professionals, like if a massage therapist or a chiropractor, or maybe a juice bar just said, Jess, I just want to rent this space. I want to pay you a thousand dollars a month and I'll handle all my own business. Is that, would you look into like a rent or sublease model for other professionals in your facility? I absolutely would. I absolutely would, especially when you get into those services that are really aligned with the type of stuff that we do, the chiropractors, the massage therapists, um, um, the juice bars where they're offering, you know, protein and energy this and BCAA that. Um, so yeah, I would definitely entertain that for sure. Yeah. So other services that could be complementary, synergistic, add value to your clients, but in a way that you could just, you know, auto draft, yes. you know, just, just pay me your rent, make sure you do, you know, take care of my people. We have a good relationship and, and that's there. So you kind of, you could be a little more of a one-stop shop, but again, without adding anything to your plate other than negotiating a contract and, and making sure everybody held up their ends of it 100 percent. perfect perfect all right we are nearing the end of our time here um but one thing that i always like to ask people who've had any amount of of time and experience in the business and, and you've already made some big changes with yours uh and gone through a little pandemic thing so if there's anything you could go back and tell your younger self whether it's while you open the business while you were dreaming it up uh, any point in your kind of health and fitness related career, if there's anything you go back and tap yourself on the shoulder, be like, hey, is there anything that stands out? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd do it sooner. Do that's it sooner. It. We that's what we said earlier, right? It's, do it's, it sooner. it's all the time, right? It's um, for all the people time. that have any longevity in it. If you, it's for me, the qualifiers are always, if you know you have the passion and the work ethic, 
do it sooner. Do it yeah. right now if you can. Don't quit your day job, maybe. No. Do something, right? You don't have to do the 5,000 square feet right now. You could get a little storage and you could get a thousand square feet. You could do whatever, but but do something. Start working on your dream. What they say, if you're not working on your dream, you're working on someone else's. Exactly. That's 100%. I resonate with that so well. You know, step out, step out on faith. You, you know, they say you got to spend a little cash to make a little cash. Um, you know, whether people agree with that or not, um, don't just don't let fear override you, right? If you have a passion, if it's in your gut, don't talk yourself out of that feeling. Just go for it. Um, and where there's a will, where there's a way. So if you're determined and committed to it being successful, then ultimately it will be. The only thing standing in your way is you. Um, so for sure, I would do it sooner. Absolutely. All right, Jess. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on today. I look forward to uh, keeping in touch in the future. I wish you continued success and thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Dominic. You're welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, I was going to say more people like Jess, but I don't know that there's a lot of people like Jess. So if you want to hear more people with great stories, great wisdom to share, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.